Word of God today, and I understand it is Father's Day, um, and I understand some people will have had lunch, um, but we're going to get into the Word of God today because He really uh, has been speaking to me about this, and so I need to re um, release it. Is that all right? So, Lord, we want to thank you that you are speaking, and we want to thank you that you are moving. Lord, we want to thank you that you are working, and we bless you, Lord. Lord, we bless you, and we say, Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you at this time. Lord, that we wouldn't be um, discouraged, that we wouldn't be deceived, we wouldn't be divided, but God, that we'd, Lord, that we would have our eyes fixed upon you as Jesus, you are the captain of the army, and you lead us forth in victory, you lead us forth into battle. We just thank you for what you're doing, what a great time it is to stand and live for you, Jesus. May you be glorified, may you be uplifted, and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Bring, bring the word to life, bring the word to life in us today. Challenge us, encourage us, stir us, God, that we would live for you 24-7. Amen? So, uh, there was two titles that were really kind of sitting, so I thought, man, I'll just make it one. Contending for the promise, which is actually standing in the gap. Okay? They're, they're two of the same thing, and we'll, we'll get to that a bit later. But the, the, the fact is that God is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. Maybe you need to declare that over your family or your life or your circumstances or whatever, but you need to declare that God is faithful. God, I want to thank you that you are faithful. Turn it into a prayer. God, I thank you that you are faithful. For what he says, he will do. Every prophecy concerning Jesus coming as the Messiah has been fulfilled. And we know that every prophecy of him returning again as King of kings and Lord of lords will be fulfilled. What he says, he will do. Amen? How exciting is that? What he starts, he finishes. And that is so unlike us at times. You go, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start this book. And then the book's still sitting on the shelf. You got into chapter 5 and you didn't get through to the end. Is it, is it just me that's done that? Anyone else? You go, you know what? I'm going to start to run. I'm going to start to get fit. Whatever it is, so often what we start, we don't always finish. And at times we need an encouragement to stay the course. Amen? Because we don't want to be a people that start lots of things but never finish them. We actually want to see the finish. But with God, because He's faithful... What he starts, he finishes. It's his character. He's good. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. Amen? And more than ever in our lifetime, we need to depend upon the faithfulness of God. More than ever in our lifetime, we need to depend upon the faithfulness of God. Just think about some of these words that are penned in Scripture. Psalm 25. This is David. No one who waits for you will be disgraced. Other translations say those who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. What a promise. We read it in Isaiah 49, 23. We read it in Romans 10, verse 11, that those who trust in him will never be put to shame. David declared in Psalm 138, if I just turn there quickly, Psalm 138, verse 8. Although it's a great, the whole psalm is, I mean, just, oh, hang, I'm just going to read it. 
I will give thanks to you with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down towards your holy temple and I will give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. And on the day I called, you answered me and you increased strength within me. All the kings of the earth will give you thanks, God. Woo! When they hear of what you've promised, they will sing of the Lord's ways, for the Lord's glory is great. David goes on to say in verse 7, he says, If I walk into the thick of danger, you will preserve my life. That's the truth. Daniel, Daniel took that truth on. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego took that truth on. Paul and Silas took that truth, a truth on. People throughout history have taken that truth on. And then he says in verse 8, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me, because your faithful love endures forever. How cool is that? We stress out at times going, am I missing it? Am I missing it? What are you doing, God? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And we just need to stand and go, you know what? The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me because your faithful love endures forever. Done. Signed, sealed, delivered. We get stressed out so much trying to work things out from time to time when we just need to trust God. Is that okay? Yeah, it's better than okay. Thanks, Kay. Okay, Kay. Psalm 20, verse 6 and 7, Now I know that the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from the holy places with mighty victories from his right hand. Some trust in chariots and others in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. How cool is that? Woo! This message today is both a personal one, as in for individuals, but it is also a collective one. It is for the whole. Because there are people that are going through stuff that need a word of hope. And then collectively we need a word of hope. Amen? I really didn't know where to start. Because there was so much. But the Lord is wanting us to take heart. He's wanting us to take heart. And in fact, the scripture verses, Psalm 31, 24, Psalm 27, verse 14, and, and then Jesus declared in John 16, verse 30, 33, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. In this world you, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I think the best place to start and the best place to finish is with Jesus. Amen? As God was speaking to me this week, He was speaking to me about faith. He was speaking to me about hope. He was speaking to me about hearing His voice. He's speaking to me about vision. He's even had me get the words of the hub of transformation out again and praying into them and speaking into them and prophesying them out afresh. You know, there's all this stuff. But I couldn't help the fact that we need to start and end with Jesus. In Revelation 22, Jesus says, look, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Amen. He is. It's about him. 
And as I said, what he starts, he finishes. What he says, he will do. You see, God initiates things. Do we, do we understand that? God initiates things, and he looks for people who will respond. He's always looking for people who respond. It says in 2 Chronicles 16.9 that the eyes of the, the, the Lord are ranging across the earth to and fro, looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And then it says when he finds them, he says, I will show myself strong on their behalf. God initiates something, but then he looks for people that are going to respond and says, Lord, here I am. Here I am, send me. I remember years ago when I was in, when I traveled overseas and did some ministry in the States and I ministered to this uh, pastor and his wife, and I know I've said that story and I won't go into the full story again now. Um, sorry for those people that haven't heard, heard, heard that story. But it was a story of five days of reconciliation of their marriage, and God just put me in the middle of it. They were about to get separated and divorced. And God put me in the middle of that relationship between the pastor and his wife. And within five days, there was total reconciliation and restoration of their marriage. And, and at the time, I was like, well, why me? Like, why? Like, I'm, I'm an Australian. I had to fl fly halfway around the world to be a part of this family for five days. And I said, why me? And he said, because I knew you would go. And there's been other times in my life when I realized that I wasn't the first person chosen for something. And that's, that's not a pecking order. I'm not talking about a pecking order. But God gives someone the opportunity. He says, will you do this for me? And because someone else says no, then God says, well, I have to find someone else that says yes. God initiates something, but he's always looking for people to respond because we have choice. You get to choose. You get to choose how you respond. You get to choose this stuff. And he's speaking to us, and he's looking for people that will put their hope in him and be a people of hope. Amen? And I've been drawn back this week, as I've already said, to the, to the prophecies through Katie about being in the hub of, uh, the hub of transformation. And, you know... And so the question is, where are we on that timeline? Because when God speaks something, often there's a gap. A lot of, most often there's a gap in our, what's before us. That gap might just be a couple of days. It might be a few weeks. It might be a few months. But man, if you talk to Moses and you talk to a bunch of other people, sometimes it can be years. I mean, the house that we're in now, we give testimony to God and His faithfulness. 20 years ago, the first person prophesied over us that God is going to get you into your own house. 20 years it took. And you go, oh, at times. And so where are we on that timeline? Well, I actually think we're closer than what we think. As I was praying this week, I actually think we're closer than what we think. Anyone else with me on that journey of faith? Yeah, I think we're closer than what we think. And he wants to encourage us today. So when God speaks and then there's a gap, we contend for the promise, we stand in the gap. How do we do that? How do we stand in the gap? How do we contend for the promise? 
We pray. Absolutely, we pray. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about making the decision to stand. It's a posture of faith. We stand. But at times, we need to re-put the vision before us. At times, we need to re-put the Word of God before us, the thing that God spoke. Sometimes, we just need to put it before us again, don't we? Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. The correct translation of that is prophetic revelation. Where there's no prophetic revelation. So yes, it can come in a vision. But it can also come in a, in a word or a revelation that, like God gives you and you get a revelation. Without the prophetic revelation, without God, you know, a God word, a God vision, a God dream, people perish. We need to keep that before us. Because otherwise, you know what happens? Sometimes we start to wander. It's amazing now when you see the farmers, you know. Was, probably wasn't that many years ago, the farmers were on their tractors and they would kind of set something in the distance and they would drive their tractors and try and keep the lines straight, you know. Some of the, the sidelines at soccer are not always straight. Sometimes they've got off course a little bit. But nowadays they have these, like, GPS tracking, that's the word I was looking for. They have this GPS tracking and all the lines are just, you know, like just, just straight. We need to keep the vision before us, amen? We need to keep the word of God before us because otherwise we can, you know, we can lose heart. But the Lord says, no, 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 don't lose heart, take heart. And especially in the circumstances that are around us, don't lose heart, but take heart. Because God is on the throne and God is moving, Amen? Because if we don't keep sight of the word of the Lord, if we don't keep sight of the vision, we place ourselves in danger of wandering. Because faith and, to uh, faith and hope take a hit. Because we go, well, where is it, God? And particularly in our society today, because we live in an instant society. It's a microwave society. I want everything instant. You know, perseverance is completely gone from our society. There are very few people that will persevere in anything or through everything. Perseverance has actually disappeared. If we, if we don't get something now, we just give up on it. But any good thing is worth persevering for. Yep? Any good relationship, any good word, any good vision, any good dream, anything is worth pers persevering for. And in the midst of that persevering, God is doing something in the midst of us. He's doing something in us. Amen? We need to hold fast. The Word of God says we need to hold fast. In Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, we're getting to fan, fan time of the year and it just blows all your pages around, isn't it? Hebrews 10 says this, Let us hold fast to, to the confession of our faith without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. Now that's concerning our salvation, but that's concerning all things. That when God says, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith, what do we have faith for? Do we have faith for the Word of God that has been spoken over us collectively? Do, we have, do you have faith for the Word of God that has been spoken over you, uh, your family, or in your situation? When God says, your children will be saved, have you got faith for that? Or has the enemy been trying to come in and steal that? And so sometimes, because the next verse says, let us encourage one another. And you know, sometimes when someone's getting a bit, oh, I'm just kind of wandering a little bit. 
you need a brother or sister to come up to you and grab you by the arm and say, come on, let's, let's get going. And that's part of the reason that, that we are each other's keeper. If you see someone that hasn't been here for a while, if you see, you know, you go. You run after them. Are we going okay? Look at the Israelites. They had the land before them. We've seen the fact that they were delivered out of slavery in Egypt, just like we've been delivered out of slavery to our sin. They were delivered out of slavery in Egypt. God parted the waters before them that they could walk through on dry lands. The Egyptian army is completely disappeared and they've come through the other side. And somehow between that and this is the promised land that I have given to you, something took place where it's like they lost their faith. Except Caleb and Joshua who said, no, we can take possession of the land. And they got lost in the wilderness. And for every single one of us, we have to be careful that we don't get lost in the wilderness. But we're a people that go, no, no, we're just going to keep walking straight because I know God said that and he's going to do it, so I'm going to keep walking that way. Amen? You with me? They had the land before them. They had the promise of God because God said, go and look out the land that I am giving to you. They had the word. And that's why Caleb and Joshua could say, we can take possession of the land because they had the word. God says, this is the land I'm giving to you. But only two of them had the faith to believe it. Because they looked at the giants and they looked at the fortified cities and they looked at everything and they went, you know, this is not possible. And then today, if you, if you turn the news on for long enough, and I kind of pray you don't turn the news on for that long, you see the giants in the land and you see the fortified cities and you see what's going on. And, you know, the enemy wants to sow fear and doubt and unbelief into you. But this is why we need to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus because what is he doing? We've already sung it today. He's a way maker. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop working. Amen? Sorry, I'm into the amen today. Amen. What was that, Brother Steve? Hebrews 3. We're going to be in Hebrews for the next few minutes. Hebrews 3 says this, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. We've always got to keep soft hearts. We've always got to have a teachable spirit. We've always got to come low before the Lord. Amen. We never want to be people that have hard hearts and resist the Holy Spirit. We never want to have hard hearts and not hear His voice. We don't want that. Because every time God speaks to us and we say no, we're one step closer to a hardened heart. And I've seen someone who was anointed of God. God was moving upon. And God started to speak to them about an issue in their life and they wouldn't. They went, no, it's okay, Lord. And God kept speaking, no, it's okay, Lord. And after many, many months, if not a year or two of this, 
their heart had become so hard that they just even they didn't even want to listen to worship anymore. They didn't even want to listen to a CD. They didn't even want to turn on the worship. It just started with, will you? No. That's how easy it starts. So we always need to keep a soft heart and say, God, have your way in me. Because in the end, the Lord said to them that they'd entered into unbelief. An unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And that's why he says, but encourage one another daily in Hebrews 3. Encourage one another daily. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. Stay the course. Keep the course. Keep trusting God. Keep looking to God. Encourage one another so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deception. Those same people that saw the miracles of God, those same people. Contrast this to Abraham, though. Contrast this to Abraham, Hebrews 6. It says of Abraham in uh, chapter 6, verse 13, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself, I will indeed bless you and I will greatly multiply you. And so after waiting patiently, oh, there's that word again. Who likes the word patiently? Anybody? Uh, Not many people. We don't like that word. After waiting patiently, and yes, there was a, a little bit of a blip on the radar there too. Abraham obtained the promise. Do we hear that? After waiting patiently, Abraham obtained the promise. We read in Romans that, and we've looked at it before, against all hope, in hope Abraham believed. It was credited to him as righteousness. If I turn to Romans pretty quickly now. Romans chapter 4 says this. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He went on to say, um, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in God's sight in whom Abraham believed. The God who calls life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not yet exist. He believed, hoping against all hope, and became the father of many nations. Abraham believed God, and God came through, because what God said he would do, he will do. Amen? We think about this in Hebrews. I need to go back to Hebrews. I should have stayed there, shouldn't I? Hebrews chapter 11, great chapter of faith. We read this. Now, faith is the reality or the substance or the assurance or the confidence of what is hoped for. The proof or the conviction, the assurance of what is not yet seen. God is looking for men and women of faith today that we would be written, if we could put it that way, in Hebrews chapter 11. People who believed God, people who trusted God, people who who did mighty exploits for God because they had faith to believe that he who promised is faithful will do it. Sometimes we have to fight battles along the way. David could stand and fight Goliath because he'd already fought the lion and the bear. David had already seen God at work in his life. And so he could stand before Goliath and go, you know what, God's done it before and he can do it again. And that's that 
that bridge of that song, do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe you will do it again. And so sometimes you need to rest on what you have seen God do in your life to give you encouragement for what God will do in your life. Amen? Sometimes you do need to look back. In some ways, it's, you know, that there's so much positivity in looking back because you can remind yourself about what God has done for you, what God has done through you, what God has done in your circumstances. And you can be encouraged again. You can encourage yourself in the Lord for what God will do. We need to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. We need His Word and we need His promise before us because there's a gap between the Word and the fulfillment. In Romans 5, this is one of the things that God's, God does. We rejoice in our afflictions. Who likes his rejoicing in affliction? No, we don't have one person that likes rejoicing in affliction. Rejoice in the Lord always. Give thanks. Roberto encouraged us last week to give thanks in all circumstances, for that's God's will for us. And as we give thanks, there's something that gets released in our brain and in our body. I can't remember all those words. Endorphins, is that what it was? Okay, endorphins get released in our body and something else happens and we feel good. What? Dope. Mean. Dopamine. Okay, oh yeah, anyway. Anyway, so we rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. Where does your character get proved? In the fire. In the fire. Gets proved. And proven character produces hope. Hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Spirit that was given to us. Do we get that? Mark Crawford's word, Katie Barker's word, was about being a stronghold of hope. You go through the fire, you, 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 you come out the other end of the afflictions, you come out of the fiery trial, you come out and you stand in hope. And you know, you can stand and say, I know God will do this. Rejoice in affliction. Not too much affliction with that one. I want to close with this with a couple of thoughts. Often in Scripture, the word for hope can be interchanged with trust and wait. The same word, the same root word can be, is, can be translated hope, trust, and wait. That's why when you look at Isaiah 40, who loves Isaiah 40? Those who wait upon the Lord will, re will renew their strength and they'll rise up on wings of eagles and they'll walk and not be faint. They will run and not grow weary. Amen? Those who, those who wait upon the Lord. But it can also be translated those who hope in the Lord and those who trust in the Lord. It's exactly the same. So as we're in the position of standing in the gap, we are waiting upon the Lord. But we are trusting in the Lord and we are hoping. And remember, hope is not, gee, I hope that happens. But I know this is going to happen because my God is for me. He's not against me. He said it. He will do it. And there is an amen. Jason gave me a great word on Monday night. He says, one of your catchphrases, Tim, I feel in the spirit is going to be, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. The Lord has done great things. The Lord has done great things. And I'm going, amen. 
I want to shout that to the rooftops over and over and over and over again. You see, as we wait upon the Lord, as we trust in the Lord, as we hope upon the Lord, we are enduring. The, the patience is working in us. We are persevering and we stay the course because God is going to pour out His blessing. He's going to pour out His goodness. We've already had, Neil, Neil was telling me the other night that in, in the car after he was coming home from the prayer meeting, he had an encounter that he's never had. There was this aroma in his car that just filled the car and he's like, I've never had that before. You know, there's, there's spiritual rain that is falling. You know, these are, you can look at that and go, well, that's just a bit weird, Tim. Or you can take it and go, you know what, God is just giving us drops of encouragement that He is doing more than what we could ever ask or imagine. And we're about to see something in this nation because this nation is not a goat nation. This nation is a sheep nation. And we stand for that today in Jesus' name. This nation belongs to Jesus. It belongs to Him and His end time kingdom purposes. Amen. I'm getting stirred up in the spirit right now. I could just keep going. But, I'm, but anyway, God is faithful. That's what I'm trying to say. God is faithful. We, we, we can contend for the promise. We can stand in the gap because God is faithful. Uh, music team, you can probably start finding your way this way. In Habakkuk 2, Habakkuk speaking and he says, I will stand at the guard post in the sta and station myself on the lookout tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me. See, Habakkuk positioned himself, didn't he? He's standing on the watchtower, he's standing on the lookout and he's going, I'm looking to see what he's going to say to me, what the Lord is going to say to me. And it's really important that we do that. And the Lord said to him and he said, write down this vision, clearly inscribe it on tablets so that one may easily read it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It testifies about the end and will not lie. Why? Because when God says it, He does not lie. Though it delays, wait for it. Since it will certainly come to pass and will not be late. What an encouragement that is. A confidence in God that what He said He will do. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit in these days to bring forth hope and faith and joy and life and thanksgiving. We need to feed ourselves on heavenly things. Amen? We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We need to encourage one another. Because God is asking us to be a people of transformation. You know what happens? When transformation happens, lives are changed. Leslie and Tabitha's lives are changed. Other people here, other people here, their lives have been changed. There are, there are more people giving their lives to Jesus. Lives are being changed. We've got a discipleship team. We've got people that are willing to mentor people and walk with people. We've got May, you know, who's been building a team of people that will pray for people. And we're seeing healing. We're seeing deliverance. We're seeing people set free of stuff. That's transformation. You wait till we see the greater things. There are more people beginning to, to step out with words. There's more people beginning to share. God is moving and the Spirit of God is wanting to move us all. The Spirit of God is wanting to move us all because we can all prophesy. 
We can all share. We can all encourage. We can all minister. Every single one of us. There is no such thing in Scripture about spectator Christianity. We can all do that. And God is wanting to stir us up that we would continue to love, continue to give, continue to minister to one another. And I just want to read Psalm 126 because it's been given to us as a prophetic promise and I'm standing on it. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion or the, the people of God, we were like those who began to dream again. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Does anyone like laughter and joy? And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we were joyful. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. For those who sow in tears will now reap with shouts of joy. Though one goes along weeping, carrying the bag of seed, he will surely come back with shouts of joy, carrying the harvest. Let it be so, Lord. There's this, been this song. Sometimes I get songs. And sometimes I've written songs. And sometimes it's just an old song that pops up in my head. And I've had this song in my head for the last two or three weeks and I just cannot get rid of it and I know it's God not just me and I wouldn't normally sing this song if, unless it was God but God has been saying that this song that we're going to finish with today is a prophetic song for now it's a now song it's a song that was written 25 years ago but it's a now song the spirit of God is breathing on it and it's a now song may our homes be filled with dancing May our streets be filled with joy. May injustice, may injustice bow to Jesus as the people turn and pray. Amen. So let's stand together. Let's lift up each other's arms. Because we don't live fighting for victory, but we live from victory. Our God is faithful. Amen.